It's time for 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Chiefs fans, everybody in Chiefs Kingdom, welcome to 41 is the Mike with myself, Matt Derrick, and from KSHB 41, Nick Jacobs. This is not a victory podcast, Nick. This is, was was a, a tough one to swallow. Tough loss for the Chiefs, but um, for my offensive execution enthusiast. I, I, I'm enthusiastic when that does happen. Unfortunately, that did not happen against the Philadelphia Eagles in certain times, and that's why the Eagles came away with the victory and the Chiefs didn't, although some people wanted to debate on uh, X or Twitter, whatever the heck you want to call it, last night. People were uh, saying that the Chiefs lost and the Eagles didn't win it. But here's the fun fact. The Eagles still had to make plays to score more points than the Chiefs, so therefore they earned it. Really not that hard of a concept. I, I am in the light of day since we are recording this on, on Tuesday, the, the sun is up and then out and the, the rain is clearing. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. The the Chiefs still, for lack of a better phrase, since I, I do I do hate the phrase, control their own destiny in the sense that they own tiebreakers across the AFC. They are in great position to be the number one seed. They have a very favorable schedule the rest of the way that it's really kind of breaking in their direction. Looks a much like a much lighter schedule in the second half of the season than they had going into the year, it looked like. And they just played the favorites to be the NFC champions to a, a standstill. Granted, at home, and you would have liked to get the win, but we are probably because we expect so much from this offense, we're acting like the sky is falling, but the sky is not technically falling, is it? No, I mean, look, they're still able to put a couple of drives together to put them in that 14 to maybe 21-point range. And the the crazy thing about it is the Chiefs' defense still has not given up more than 24 in a game, no matter who the opponent is. So literally, if the Chiefs' offense can figure out a way to get to 25 or more, they're not going to be beat right now at the level the defense is performing. Now, if injuries occur and that, you know, and, and that takes away, you know, I'm not even going to say the names of people, but there's certain people, if they get injured and get taken off the field, then yes. And the chief's defense is not going to be at the same caliber and same level. And then that's going to be a problem. But I mean, look, the frustration is, I mean, different game, same problems. Like it's, it's it, at this point, it's who the chiefs are. And like it, you know, I know people can get frustrated. How do you fix it? How do you fix it? How do you fix it? There's some things that are just going to be the way that they're going to be, you know, like, I mean, if you buy a certain brand of a, of either, you know, a vehicle or a certain, you know, television or, you know, some kind of product and it has a certain level and standard to it, like that's, that's what it's going to be. Like you can't, you can't yell at a at a certain TV and be like, "Hey, you need to be a Sony." Well, that's not a Sony; that's a Vizio. Like you know, you just the, at some point you have to accept who who they are and who they've shown themselves to be at certain parts, and just know that like you're you're gonna have to lower the expectation of this being the 2018 offense. Yeah, and you know, and and looking at, I'm looking at some projections right now, and one of them, you know, the TeamRankings.com does some some simple stuff. You know, 
Chiefs are still, by their rating system, the fourth best team in the league. And, I, you know, I can't necessarily argue with that. I mean, I think they're certainly arguably one of the two best teams in the AFC. Um, they've played to a standstill to a degree, at least uh, almost close to a draw, the two best teams in the NFC. Their projections have the Chiefs being a 12-5 and five team. And if the Chiefs are a 12-5 team, they're most likely going to be the number one seed in the AFC. Um, that has the same projections for the Ravens. And if the Ravens end up at 12 and five, the chiefs would own tiebreaker over everybody. So, you know, there's a, there's a magic number to get to. I mean, this team probably not going to be 14 and three, but that's not going to be the number one seed in the AFC. It'll probably be 13 and four or even 12 and five. And in, in that case, I mean, the chiefs still have a, a real, you know, handle on being able to get the one seed and, on top of that, you mentioned the defense, and that's what's you know really amazing is you know this is I think they're now giving up 50, still giving up fifteen point nine points a game. Um, the 49ers moved in front of them after the Ravens gave up their explosion this week, so now the Ravens have fallen behind them in per game basis, and the 49ers ahead of them. I mean, the Chiefs are once as you mentioned, arguably one of the best defenses in the league, and and what we saw in the first half against the Eagles, the offense wasn't bad. I mean, we'll get to the bad part, but let's let's talk about a couple of the good things, at least in the first half, because I thought that the opening script of what the Chiefs had prepared and what they worked on the most worked pretty well, and they had two of the nicer touchdown designs and executions that you're ever going to see in the first half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the Chiefs, whenever it's something that they had practiced, and they've executed routinely and probably worked on over and over again. They have a certain level of confidence. They know where they're supposed to be. They know where the, what they're supposed to execute. And they're able to go out there and get it done. It's when there has to be an adjustment based off of it or things don't go according to plan. As Mike Tyson would say, everybody's going to plan until they get hit. Then whenever some of those things start happening, that's when some of the wheels fall off to where, hey, maybe Patrick's expecting the landmark to be here. We're expecting this guy to be, you know, be at this spot when he's going to make his cut and that this guy is going to read off this coverage this way and then it doesn't happen. And I know people argue and say that, well, they need to make it simpler. I think they have made it simpler. It's just still that level of execution and that level of perfection that the that they're looking for just hasn't been there, whether it's been catching the ball, you know, what, what what distance they're supposed to go, the kind of the route concepts of how they're supposed to collectively do it together, just all that combined. It's, it's not, you know, it's not the, not the way that they obviously wanted, but I mean, like the Travis Kelsey touchdown, like, I mean, I know, you know, Valdez scaling, he's going to get roasted for the end of the game and the magnified moment where he dropped that pass. And, you know, I mean, that's kind of partly, I mean, is it a bummer that he dropped it? Yeah. But, like, I'm not surprised it happened because I've seen so many times when those opportunities have rose up that he hasn't been able to kind of deliver. And that's the re- that's part of the reason he was available on for, you know, on the free agent market was because if he had those moments with the Packers and, and delivered on those, they would have resigned him and kept him. Like, you know, that's just kind of the reality on that part of it. But he had a good rub route there for Travis Kelsey for that, you know, for that one touchdown that they bounced back on. And I'm still, I'm trying to remember, you can refresh my memory. I'm, uh, what, I'm trying to remember what the heck the first touchdown was again. The first touchdown was with uh, Jarek McKinnon running the uh, the corn dog route. 
that the Eagles bit oh, on, allowing Watson. Justin Watson on the cross yes. in the back of the end zone. Yes, completely okay. wide open. So I've 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 watched so many plays and had so many sad moments. I couldn't remember the positive moment. So thank you for that, Matt. Now I'm happy again. <laughs> now you're happy again. It's like I had a piece of <laughs> had a piece of sugar. It's picking up my spirits. Um, now, uh, yeah, with that, like, like with that one, I mean, you know, the the safety obviously went the wrong way and carried the receiver the wrong way, and Watson's like, oh, hey, no, I know. Like Watson understood this is how the routes are developing. This is a spot right here where it's pretty wide open and I see Kelsey getting doubled below. I'm going to be in the area where Pat will spot me and see it. But also I see there's, you know, the coverages are on either side of me. If I stay right here, you know, people are going to forget about me and then boom, there's a touchdown for him. So, you know, like, I mean, like that's, that's why Mahomes went to Watson as many times as he did is because he trusts him to be there and to do the right thing and to be in the right spot and to give them those opportunities, whether he drops them or not. I think a lot of that, a lot more of that had to do with the weather conditions and where I was kind of starting to get to a point. I'm like, Hey guys, maybe we lose the glove. See if that helps you. Like, I mean, I know that they're supposed to give you a super duper grip, but maybe everybody that everybody that was dropping passes was wearing gloves. Maybe, maybe just get rid of us for a little bit. See if that, you know, if that makes the difference, I don't know, but you know, I'd love to find out <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I mean, obviously the weather was a factor in it. And so that, you know, that's the, that's the unfortunate part of that. But look, I mean, those two touchdowns, the two drives, they were great. And then they had that third one going down there before the inner, you know, the the one that got intercepted. They obviously had had that one. And then there was another drive, obviously, later in the game where Travis Kelsey ended up getting the ball punched out and fumbled. That, you know, like that was a promising drive too, that may have potentially been able to bury the Eagles and it, you know. Did you know the key moment came up and it didn't work out in their favor? Yeah, I mean that's what one of the keys to this game was certainly that the Chiefs committed the same execution errors and mistakes that they made a lot in the first half of the season, and you kind of rattled them off there. They're, they're two of four in the red zone. Um, those two red zone turnovers. You get two field goals, you win this game. You get one touchdown out of those two turnovers, you win this game. Um, you get two touchdowns, you blow this team out, and you know everybody's talking about how the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Um, and I, I'm not sure how much I blame Travis on the turnover. I thought it was just a really good defensive play. Right. Um, you know, Mahomes, he, hey, he'll tell you that he should have, you know, put that a little bit different arc on that ball. He should have gotten it the sky faster, not just put a little bit of touch on it because that allowed the defender to get there. But it was a tight window, and that wasn't the throw to get there. So I think it was a little bit of Patrick being greedy again, and he kind of had that a couple of times last night, maybe looking for the deeper ball rather than just moving the chains at a couple of points. But, you know, for all the success, I mean, this team, 17-7 lead at the half. You're feeling pretty good. And then it all falls apart, Nick. And And, and you mentioned Justin Watson, and that to me is, you know, let's face it, the Chiefs don't go into a game expecting Justin Watson to get 11 targets. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, they call him their best complimentary receiver. And you hit it, which is that they trust Justin Watson to know the routes, to know the plays, to be in the right place at all times. And it's generally his job to run routes that help get other guys open. And last night, 
Patrick just, that was the guy he had to trust in. That was the guy that he felt was the most open. That was the guy that he felt was doing it. And, and that's a problem. I mean, that's not what we expected coming out of the bye week. I mean, we expected this offense to look different, but we did not expect it to be Justin Watson getting 11 targets. Yeah, I don't know if Justin Watson or Patrick Mahomes expected that either, but that was the journey that they went on on Monday Night Football. So it, you know, I mean, this is the this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of start to go down a road, and I apologize, but we're going down this road, and it's gonna be it's gonna That's be what we're scenic, here for, Nick. It's gonna we are be here for this route. Ride. It's gonna be a scenic route, Matt. And <laughs> so enjoy the ride. Um, look, I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling is supposed to be their number one, or is close to number one. That's what they paid him for but you're not paying 10 million for a guy to take you know cover you know take coverage away to get somebody else up and that's really not what you're trying to do when i look at this offense in the grand scheme of it there's so much pressure on patrick to be perfect with his throws to be perfect with what he is reading at all times and to be perfect in every single way um that there's times where he hesitates. There, there may be a guy that, you know, a little slightly open, slight window there. And Mahomes in the past, when he knew they could overcome something, like he'll, he'll chuck it, he'll chuck it in there. He's like, ah, we get another possession. Like, but he had that confidence that they could do it. This year, you see him hesitate at times where it looks like he might be pumping and he's not. When you watch the coach film, it's just like he's like, ah, that might ricochet here. And then it goes to that defender who's right behind him. Like Pat's, Pat's essentially kind of, he's like, uh, Nick Nicholas Cage and knowing or something where he can see all the scenarios 50 different times and all the, all the variables that may come into play. And that's what he's doing. So in some ways, like somebody said to me on Twitter, like they were asking the reality is he's, he's game managing more than you realize. And there are times when he goes back to like, Hey, I want to test it out here because we need a home run ball. We need a spark in this offense. So I'm going to chuck it up here. And he picks those windows when those opportunities are there even though there may be something that keeps the sticks going, you know, with a out route here, a check down there, but there's so much pressure on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to just drag this offense along with them at times, whether it's the penalties, the drops or the poor execution on their route running, just all of that combined, like the it's uh, too much is on them to get done. And like, that's not me knocking Pacheco. That's not me knocking McKinnon, but I mean, it's a passing offense at the end of the day, whether, you know, that's just the 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 world that we live in with that Chiefs offense. So just all that combined, it's it's put a lot of stress on them. And then you saw Kelsey on the broadcast a couple of times clearly be frustrated. And when I've seen and I, I understand like this is this isn't me speaking for Travis in any way, shape, or form. This is just me trying to put myself in his shoes. If I'm in his shoes and you guys are asking a certain level of execution out of me and a certain level of preparation and a certain level of how I'm supposed to be, then I expect that same out of each and every one of you. So like, that's where I could see frustration coming in that, Hey, do you want me to be at this level? I need you guys to work at this level. You don't have to be at the same athletic ability, but I need you to work at the same level. So that's where, and I'm talking coaches, players, everybody that's a part of that staff. So that's the level of accountability you got to have. And that's a certain level you have to be. And if you can't be that, then that's where the frustration starts to kind of, kind of come in my opinion. Yeah, and and one thing just continues to to be in the back of my mind about Kelsey is a couple of things. And one is that after he suffered the hyperextended knee before week one, the the likelihood and the chances of Kelsey being a hundred percent at any time this season became almost nil. 
Right. I mean, he was going to be battling through this entire season. And and two is that after the the Chargers game and the first Broncos game, and you saw, you know, what Kelsey and teams and the league saw what Kelsey can do when you you know you don't give him full attention. He has since then gotten nothing but double and triple teams all over the place. And teams are just absolutely saying, Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, beat us. Travis Kelsey won't. And they are doing everything that they can to take him out of the game. And it, and that's that's a pretty simple game plan. Yeah, it's been made that way with the with where they're at right now, unfortunately. So, like, I mean, this is where it's on the wide receiver room to where you either step up and earn earn the checks that you're getting, or they're going to have to make some tough decisions in the offseason to do some reevaluations about what's going to work best for this offense. Because at the end of the day, the reason this offense always worked as well as it did is because if teams were taking Travis away, they could go to Tyreek and use his speed to be that spark plug. They don't have that. They're at running back, you know, maybe in the past with McKinnon, you get it to McKinnon in the flat. So guess what? He's not as explosive this year because, you know, father time's catching up with him. And, you know, you can say, well, you need, you need to get to Rasheed Rice. The bigger problem with the Rasheed Rice situation is that he's a rookie. And, like, you can't ask him to be at a Travis Kelsey level or a Tyreek Hill in the league type of level because he shouldn't be asked to to have that thrust upon him in, in just his first 10 games of his career. Like that's a that's a bigger problem with the wide receiver room and what Brett Beach is gonna have to look at in the offseason because like it's just that's that he shouldn't be in that spot in that situation. Doesn't mean you don't get him opportunities, doesn't mean you get him the you don't get him the football, but it's about successfully developing him because the Chiefs were able to do that when they had Alex Smith in front of Patrick, and it worked out really, really, really well for him and for the organization. But you need that at the wide receiver position and it and for Rice, he unfortunately doesn't have that guy on the roster right now that can help him do it. Doesn't mean guys don't try. Doesn't mean guys can't aren't doing their best. It's just I've accepted where their where their ceiling is at and who they are. And like that's that's where I think a lot of the frustration for a lot of people is is they they're like, hey, no, their ceiling needs to be here for them to do this and this. Yeah, but that might the the they're if they could have fixed it, they would have already done it by now. <laughs> Like, you know, they're just trying to to find ways to create sparks to basically get five touchdown drives or four touchdown drives to win a, to win the game. That's where they're at. The offense is having to literally figure out for four or five drives, what do we do to get enough points? Yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting to me to see the game plan and, and what they put together for the Raiders because I think that Chiefs fans – wouldn't mind a certain bit of revolution and, and just some massive adjustments in the offense. But my guess is that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy are going to be a little bit more measured and it's not going to be dramatic, but there obviously needs to be a little tinkering in the rotation. Yeah. And I think from a frustration perspective, I think a lot of people were hoping to see some, some changes and maybe some focus alterations um, with how this offense is performing coming out of the bye week with that reset and everything. And the fact that a lot of stuff just looked like it remained the same. I think that's where some of that frustration is probably coming to. We could probably cover the defense pretty quickly by saying no notes. Um, Everything's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, despite the loss, I, I, I have very few quibbles with what happened defensively against the Eagles. I mean, 
I know Chris Jones was very disappointed in the, the Jalen Hurts touchdown on third and five on the quarterback draw. Um, I think they were more upset about that than even the 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 forty one yard strike to Devontae Smith that set up the the the, the go ahead touchdown. They really felt like that they could contain Hurts and and stop that play. They knew it was coming. Uh, it was a little bit different variation, as Steve Spagnuolo explained to the, to us today, that than what they had game planned for, but they were still ready for it. And third and five in that spot, you hold the Eagles to a field goal. Now maybe they go for it on fourth down and they get it anyway. But that was a big play, and the and the Chiefs really they as Spagnuolo told us today really wishes they had that one back. Yeah, I mean that unfortunately ended up being one of the differences in the game. Uh, you know, because they they got an extra four instead of you know just the just the three out of that. So, you know, it would have been a tie I think it would have been a tie game at that point or close to it. Um, or just a chance for a field goal to tie it up, excuse me, that type of thing. Just, you know, it would have depended on the situation because who knows how the game goes after that, how it ricochets, you know, so who ends up knowing on that part of it? Uh, what I'll say about the defense, Steve Spagnuolo did a really good job emphasizing first and second down and making sure that their third downs were third and five or longer and taking them out of the brotherly shove and taking that away from them because that helps them get into their rhythms whenever they're able to do that. That And also getting the ball to A.G. Brown, and, and Spagnuolo took that away for the first half and said, let's see what happens when we make you uncomfortable and make you have to play with your left hand instead of your right hand that you're used to at this point. So that's what they did with the pressures, with the blitzes, um, rotating Chris Jones around and having him. Chris Jones had a dominant night there in the first half, and the defense really just – took the Eagles out of the game. And a lot of teams are going to try to copy what the chiefs did. Problem is they don't have the Jerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie to be able to get all the, and Chris Jones to be able to get a lot of that done. Like the chiefs were able to, but in the second half, it looked like the defensive line started. They had, they had held held so long as many times as they could and really needed the offense to kind of eat up some time a little bit more to give them the proper amount of rest. And the defense wore down there towards the end and they, they just tried to hold as long as they could and then the dam kind of bursts on a couple drives there and they were able to get, you know, water, water <laughs> gets through there. And, uh, the, you know, it did, it didn't work out for them, uh, on a couple of those plays, a couple of those drives, but what the Eagles did to counter part of it is that they, um, when they saw those blitzes coming, they had the quarterback draw ready and then they used it. They tested it out once and then they had it ready for the end zone again. And then they utilized it again and it paid off for them and gave them seven. So, the Eagles adjusted to some of the things the Chiefs were doing uh, defensively. And then the Chiefs offense, they just weren't able to connect in some key moments that they needed to to be able to win that football game. The remarkable thing about the Chiefs secondary, uh, pointing this out, LeJarius Sneed, according to the next-gen stats, was targeted seven times, gave up three catches for 22 yards, gives up only the one to A.J. Brown, who was averaging, I think, what, 117 yards a game coming into last night? Yeah. Trent McDuffie was targeted twice. Yeah. One catch, five yards. That tells you how teams are respecting McDuffie, especially in the slot. And the other thing, Devontae Smith is the guy who has the big day. Six catches for 99 yards. None of those catches were against Smith and McDuffie. I mean, in the second half, the, the Eagles were simply trying to find ways to see, okay, who can we get on anybody else other than these two guys, how can we get Devontae Smith on someone else? And they 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 probably sacrificed Brown a couple of times, but it was just hey, how can we get Devontae Smith on Jalen Watson, Mike Edwards, Brian Cook? They were looking for any other matchups that they could. 
Yeah, and it paid off for him in that in that moment. And he made and Smith made the catch that the Chiefs wide receivers weren't able to. And that was the difference in the game. And when you're playing quality teams at that level, all those little things are going to count up. All those things are going to be magnified. And it isn't just one play, but it's, you know, because there's 12, 15, 20 different plays a game that, that make the difference and turn the tide. But in those moments, who makes more of those? And the Eagles did, and that's why they're going home with the victory. Yeah, I I think in the light of day again, in the conclusion, it's as much as this loss I know hurt the Chiefs, I I expected going into it that this was going to be a game that the Eagles wanted more simply because yeah. of what happened in Super Bowl 57. That might have very well been the difference in this game is that they had the intangibles on their side. If these two teams meet again, I'm not putting it past the Chiefs to pull it off. I don't think that these two teams are that far apart. I don't disagree with you one bit, Matt, but I tell you what, clean up the penalties, get rid of the turnovers, different ballgame. What Chiefs cannot do is let this turn into a two-game losing streak, and I don't think that will happen, but we will be discussing that next week. The Chiefs go to Vegas to visit the Raiders. Uh, AFC West showdown and uh, a little reunion for Steve Spagnuolo and Antonio Pierce. But this is a, a game that the Chiefs should win. We will, But we will break it down one way or the other afterwards. Nick, any parting thoughts from you? Yeah, with the Las Vegas theme, let it ride on 15. <laughs> 15 red. <laughs> there you go. That's, I think, all that needs to be said. Uh, thank you all for joining us again this week. Uh, as Once again, we will join you after the Chiefs and Raiders next week in Las Vegas and break it all down. Thanks for coming along with us, and we will see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You've been listening to 41 is the Mike, presented by KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest.